When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, we discuss Susan Forward's six stages and four styles of emotional blackmail. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, everyone. I am Brandon Chadwick, and today we are going to discuss Emotional Blackmail. We're going to discuss the book Emotional Blackmail by Susan Forward with Donna Frazier. But before we get to that, if you want to be a guest on our Survivor Story episodes, please do go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says Guest Form. When you click on that button, it takes you to our guest form page. Please do read all of the instructions and then either send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com or fill out our guest form and press the submit button. And please do send everything in the format that we ask for that is on our website there. So a couple weeks ago, we did an episode about Lundy Bancroft's nine to 10 types of abusers. And people really liked that episode. A lot of people hadn't read the book, and I always implore people to read uh, that book, uh, which is Why Does He Do That by Lundy Bancroft. So today I thought I would go over another fantastic book to help people uh, make a little bit more sense of who they are dealing with. And that book is called Emotional Blackmail. is by Susan Forward with Donna Frazier. And if you have not read this book, I also, like the last time, I implore you to go and buy this book and read this book. So what is emotional uh, blackmail? Emotional blackmail describes a style of manipulation where someone uses your feelings as a way to control your behavior or persuade you to see, to see things their way. And before we get into the stages and styles of emotional blackmail, let's just go into the tools of the trade. And if you've done a lot of research uh, into uh, narcissistic abuse, into abuse, into emotional abuse, uh, physical abuse, any type of abuse, you would have most likely heard of something called the fog, which is fear, obligation, and guilt. And this was also first coined by Susan Forward and Donna Frazier. And this describes the feelings that a person often has when in a relationship with someone who is an emotional blackmailer. And it is the triad of emotional abuse. These feelings can cause an overwhelming amount of self-doubt in you, anxiety, unhappiness, and survivors are taught to believe that nothing they do is good enough, that they are inherently bad, and that standing up for yourself will be met with hostility. So the fear, obligation, and guilt tears down your healthy boundaries and it undermines your self-worth. It also lands you in situations where you're constantly having to do stuff that you don't want to do, taking on an unfair burden of the emotional issues of other people. 
And step one of this process is fear. And this is where the abuser wants their victims to be afraid of what will happen if they don't comply with their demands or desires. So there's the fear of abandonment. So an abuser will invest a lot of time and effort into isolating uh, their victim. They try to, to destroy the support system, your support network, to make you dependent on them. And this is when dependency is really uh, created. There's fear of retaliation. So an abuser might threaten to hurt uh, the victim or their loved ones if they don't comply with their demands. This is a very effective form of uh, control uh, in this stage, in the fear aspect of things. And they want you to know that they're capable of carrying out those threats There is also fear of being shamed, fear of ridicule, where they might threaten to expose uh, secrets or embarrassing information about you. It's a real big part of like a smear campaign. Uh, Flying monkeys might be used in these situations. And there's also like fear of disapproval. There could be fear of them not loving you anymore. Uh, Fear of taking away the kids might keep you in line. Uh, Fear of not being smart enough or good enough. Fear that you might not be capable to live without them. That can really keep you in line. And obviously rage, uh, fear of anger can play a big role as far as self-regulating yourself. A lot of people self-regulate because of the anger. And all these things that are going on here, uh, eventually if you do push back, you might not push back anymore because there is this fear and then you start to self-regulate yourself. And step two of the fog is obligation. And this is where your abuser, the emotional blackmailer, they're very skilled manipulators and they try to get you indebted to them. So they might go out of their way to to highlight how selfless they are and how much they've sacrificed for you. They'll try to do this possibly in a public manner uh, so they can really put pressure on you. So, so you may feel judged by others as well if you don't comply. And in these cases, the, the victim will feel obligated to comply with their demands in order to repay this debt. And that's why it is called uh, obligation. A lot of times in, in family situations, we hear this a lot. It's when a parent might buy you something, you didn't ask for that something, and they're going to hold that over your head. You're indebted to them. How many times have we heard on our show, uh, you're uh, ungrateful, look what all I do for you. Um, And that's like a combination of of guilt and obligation as well. And now coming into guilt here in, in step three of everything, this is where you're made to feel guilty for not complying with their demands and and desires. This is a stage where everything really comes full circle and they really won't stop at anything at this point um, with the use of gaslighting, anything that they can use to make you to comply to uh, what they want, their, their demand or their desire, and you're left scared, obligated, feeling guilty. The fog can produce a sense of dread and hopelessness, and it can make you do and say things that you're uncomfortable with. And we've heard a lot of times, you know, people stay in their abusive marriages uh, for a very long time. Their abusive relationships for a very long time are involved in family dynamics that are very unhealthy for a very long, long, long time. And and the three biggest things that we hear 
when it comes to fear, obligation, and guilt, if there was three words we could always hear, it's hopelessness, helplessness, and powerlessness. And, and that is what those tools are, are doing. They're, they're taking away your hope. They're taking away your help because you're getting isolated, and they're taking away your power. And that power is not just physical. It's your voice as well. And before we move on to the six stages of emotional blackmail, I almost forgot to give you some examples of fear, obligation, and guilt of things that you might hear uh, your partner say. And these are things like, if I ever see another man look at you, I will kill him. Uh, If you ever stop loving me, I will kill myself. How can you say you love me and still be friends with them? Uh, You've ruined my life. Uh, If you don't take care of me, I'll wind up in the hospital or on the street or unable to work. Uh, You'll never see your kids again. Uh, I'll make you suffer. And and another thing like, I can't make it without you. So these were just some examples of fear, obligation, and guilt. And now we're going to move on to the six stages of emotional blackmail. So there are... Six stages of emotional blackmail, according to Susan Forward. So stage one is demand. And this is where the blackmailer or abuser wants something from you, but rather than asking nicely, they just make demands. And maybe they tell you that they want you to cut off contact with a friend or group of friends by saying, I don't think you should hang out with so-and-so anymore. But they also might make it pretty subtle. So when you see that friend out, they might pout, they might speak sarcastically, they might not say anything at all, but you kind of catch on of what's actually happening. You might ask like, hey, you know, what's wrong? What's going on? And they then might say, I don't like how they look at you. Um, When we hear these things with the family situations, when they're trying to isolate you from a family member, they might point out, I don't like how they talk to you. You know, they're trying to create a separation between you and other people in, in, a, in a case like that. And in these cases, you're, you're kind of confused right off the bat when these first demands start happening. And you really don't want to say yes, because it could be your friends, it could be your family. And it just, it's something that happened. It's there, the attempt was made. And sometimes they might also say a lot of the times when they're pointing these things out about other people, trying to create that separation, they might say that they're saying these things or telling you these things because they care about you. And then they'll stop right there and then they won't bring it up again. But the attempt is made and the the sowing of the seeds of doubt are kind of put in there within that demand. The demand could have worked right away. And if it didn't, it will go to stage two. And stage two is resistance, which is you. So if you resist it, eventually they'll try and push back again. And once again, you might not give in, but your behavior might have changed during this time. So you might have been really firm the first time you said no, but now you might be hiding things a a little bit more. So instead of telling your partner, whoever it is you're dealing with, that you're going to be hanging out with your friends or your family, you might not tell them that you're you're going to actually do that because you don't want to get the, the blowback from it. So sometimes you just might tell your partner that, hey, I'm staying late at work, or you might have gone to do this other thing by yourself. But it just feels easier to deny 
what you're actually doing. So now you're starting to hide things because you don't want to deal with the abusers or the emotional blackmailers uh, demand because that's, you know, something you just don't want to deal with. It's part of the fear uh, of what is happening. You know, maybe there's guilt in there as well. You just don't want that to happen. So you're trying to avoid it. But this is stage two and the process continues right here. And then there's stage three, which is pressure. And stage three is when the abuser or the emotional blackmailer has caught on to what is going on. They know the real truth of what's happening and they'll really start to pressure you. So this is really where the fear, obligation, and guilt come into play. And pressure can sound different and it might not sound like it's pressure at all. So they might say something like, if you keep hanging out with your friends, you'll never accomplish anything that you want to do. So that really doesn't sound like they're pressuring you. They're putting pressure on you in the sense of, hey, you want to do all of these things and these people are holding you back. It's um, an odd form of pressure because it sounds like they have your, your back, but they're really putting pressure on the situation. And another form of pressure here with guilt attached to it would be, if you actually cared about me, you would consider hanging out with your friends less. And that one is more in your face where you can be like, yeah, that, that's pressure right there because guilt is, is being used. And then up next, if you haven't complied during stage three, during stage four is when threats might come in. So if you continue to deny the abuser their demands, they'll move into threats and threats can be direct and they can be indirect and they can even have a positive spin, but they're actually threats. There is no doubt about it that they are threats. And a direct threat is if you go out with your friends tonight, I won't be here when you get back. And an indirect threat sounds like if you can't stay with me tonight when I need you, maybe someone else will. Or they could even in an indirect threat maybe uh, involve self-harm as well. And when I said before that they might even have a positive spin, this could sound like if you stay home tonight, will have a much better time than if you had gone out. And this is important for our relationship. And this is still uh, a manipulation. You know, they're really putting an emphasis on here is at this is important for our relationship. That is the threat that is going on. It, it will sound like it is, um, you know, will be rocky if... If we don't, can, if you don't comply to what I want, which is staying home with me tonight and having a better time, so they're saying to, to you, those other people aren't great. I am better, and our our relationship is on the line here. And a lot of times, when it comes to these threats, you have no idea what to do. You're hoping that it is a one-time occurrence, but. What comes next is stage five, which is called compliance. And compliance might take a while to actually happen. It might not happen immediately. They'll wear you down with the fear, obligation, and guilt in, in every way. We've heard a lot of stories recently, actually. We had a couple where someone was just, you know, 
had good boundaries and was just worn down, worn down. It just wouldn't, wouldn't stop until finally they, they, they did get, give in because they just wanted peace. And uh, for a while, uh, there might actually be peace because the abuser or the emotional blackmailer during this stage actually got what they wanted and they might actually be a good person for a while after they get a win like this sometimes it could last a long time in other situations it can come fast and furious where um they go back to being an emotional blackmailer or or an abuser again which gets us to stage six and stage six is repetition and at this point they can see the emotional abuser uh the emotional blackmailer sees that this process has worked this this five-step process, which has now gone into stage six, which is repetition. They know it's actually worked for them to actually, once again, start this process up uh, over something else when they want to or when they see fit. And over time, what this actually teaches you as the victim of abuse and emotional blackmail is that it's easier to comply than to face uh, this, these pressures and these threats all the time. And over time, you might see your love as being conditional and something that they will withhold until you agree with them. And when you're in these relationships and you, there's the addiction that could have been formed a long time ago, um, you really just want that love or that safety, um, the shared future back. You want all these things that they were giving you that they took away. And, you know, this whole entire process begins this push and pull on that and uh, this cycle. And that's how this process works. So now that we have discussed the fear, obligation and guilt, and we've discussed the stages of emotional blackmail, let's now talk about the four main styles of emotional blackmail. And the first one is called the punisher. So someone using punishment tactics will say what they want and they will tell you what will happen if you don't comply. This often means direct threats, but punishers also use aggression, anger, or the silent treatment to manipulate you. And active punishers will say things like, if you go back to work, I'll leave you. If you you don't take over the family business, I'll cut you out of my will. If you try to divorce me, you'll never see your kids again. These statements are strong. These statements are scary. And they work because they give you a picture of what will happen if you do not give in to the aggressiveness of what is being said. They, they, they're showing you that they're going to make your life miserable. We hear this a lot, especially when it gets to the divorce stages of our, our survivor story shows. You know, they're, they're going to tell you what's going to happen to you when you're going to divorce, you know, uh, that your, your kids are going to be taken away, that they're going to take you for all, all of the money that you have or you don't even have at the time, that they're going to leave you penniless. And with punishers, they're constantly just making these threats. So with them, you are living in fear and it, cause it only takes one time for a punisher to follow through with something that that fear can not just be a fear anymore, can be, um, a known result. So at that point they might never have to give you a known result anymore because just the fear 
um, uh, that they've instilled in you from their aggression, from being a punisher, ha- has, has really been, been done. And next up, we have the self-punisher as a style. And this type of emotional blackmail also involves threats. But instead of threatening you, the self-punisher will explain how when you are resisting them and not complying, how you actually hurt them. So uh, an example that Susan Forward gives is uh, it's saying, we've all met this little six-year-old terror who signals a, a tantrum by announcing loudly, if you don't let me stay up and watch videos, I'll hold my breath until I turn blue. And she says that adult punishers are just more sophisticated than this, but it's still the same principle. So they'll say things, don't argue with me, or I'll get sick, or I'll get depressed, make me happy, or I'll quit my job. If you don't do X, I'll stop eating, I'll stop sleeping, I'll start drinking or taking drugs, I'll ruin my life. If you leave me, I'll kill myself. These are the threats of a self-punisher, and we've heard it on our show before, um, where they really want you to um, caretake them in this way, that their life will fall apart if you're not there. And they've really put you into the role here, a self-punisher has, as the adult in the situation, and that they're kind of a child. And they've made it that you are the competent one in this relationship and you are the only one that can save them from themselves. They want you to be their rescuer. And up next is the sufferer. And they operate from the position that any negative experience that they might be having, if it's feeling sick, if it's being lonely, depressed, or unlucky, that it can easily be fixed if you give them what they want. And that can be if if it's your parent or your spouse, can you please call and text me more often? Uh, and this can also be, I need more money or financial assistance. They're preoccupied with how awful they feel, and often they'll interpret your inability to read their mind as proof that you don't care enough about them. And if you really love them, you'd be able to figure out what's bothering them without a single verbal clue. Some will be verbal. It might take coaxing to get there, but for for a big part of it, this will be nonverbal, and you'll just see them walking around sad walking around dejected. They might have frowns on their face. They might be sighing a lot. They might have tears. They might be moping. And they might look like they're just in a general discomfort. And you might be asking questions, and they're not going to answer those questions a lot of the time. And you know deep down that they're doing this because they think something is your fault, that you have done something wrong. It's like giving a silent treatment for something you don't know why you're getting the silent treatment. Eventually, they'll they'll lay it on you that everything is your fault and they might not be thriving because of you. And you need to give them a break and help them with what is going on. They're really playing this sufferer, this victim. That's how they're going to get you to call more. That's how they're going to get you to text more and isolate you more and give them what they want, uh, just more and more and and more, and it just doesn't stop. And up next is the tantalizer. And the manipulation style of the tantalizer is more subtle than the other ones. 
the tantalizer makes big promises like money, career, uh, the greatest relationship ever. But there are always conditions when it comes to the tantalizer. And many times tantalizers don't actually follow through on their promises once uh, others meet their demands. So it's like a constant goalpost moving, carrot dangling. It's really the carrot and the stick, the future faking we hear a lot of on the show and, and the relationships. And a tantalizer holds rewards over your head in order to get something from you. So they might offer praise and encouragement, but each time you pass one hurdle, there's just an other hurdle waiting and you just can't keep up. And it's just, you know, tantalizers, they, tra- they traffic in emotional payoffs, love, acceptance, closeness, healed wounds. We hear a lot of this on so much of our show. And they're, a lot of the times they're really creating fantasies and people uh, want that fantasy to be real. It's what they were sold when they got into these relationships to, to begin with. And they create that addiction and that fantasy. And with that carrot dangling, it's really hard to uh, get out of. And eventually you, you want that to be real and you start giving in to whatever the tantalizer wants. So after listening to the fear, obligation, and guilt, the styles and uh, the stages of emotional blackmail, if you're still having trouble trying to discern uh, what type of person you're dealing with, if they're an emotional uh, blackmailer or not, here's a list of uh, behaviors that they will be engaging in just to give you a really summed up version. So they'll be telling you that you are crazy for questioning them. They will be controlling what you do. They will be ignoring your concerns and pushing back on those concerns. They'll be avoiding taking accountability. They'll be constantly placing blame on others for their behaviors. They will provide empty apologies. They will use fear, obligation, threats, guilt to get their way. They are unwilling to compromise. They are really unconcerned about your needs. They like to rationalize their unreasonable behaviors and requests. They like to intimidate you until you do what they want. They like to blame you for something that you didn't do so that you will feel like you have to earn their affection. They will accuse you of doing something that you didn't do. And they will also threaten to harm you, uh, someone you know, or themselves. So that's right there, a really good list to really discern the type of person that you are dealing with if you are dealing with an emotional blackmailer, an emotional uh, abuser. And if you're going through this right now, or you've been through this, you know that this just really has a, a giant impact. It takes a toll on you emotionally and physically, and it compromises Uh, your self-esteem, and a lot of people, it compromises your values, your integrity, and it causes you to question your own sense of reality. It leads to negative and distorted thinking about yourself and about the relationship. And you as a victim of emotional blackmail, emotional abuse, often end up being isolated 
And when you're isolated, that throws you away from people. It throws you away from your support. It becomes easier to abuse you because no one is there to see it. There's no way to reach out to people. Uh, and it really takes a toll on your uh, well-being and can contribute to anxiety and depression as well. So this is you know, what I think is really important for you to hear if you haven't read Susan Forward's uh, book, Emotional Blackmail. And uh, please, if you have not read this book, pick this book up. We'll have the link in our show notes. It's a, it's a fantastic book. This is only a tiny sliver of this book. You will learn so much. I hope that you learned a lot today. I've been wanting to do more episodes like this. And just so you can really identify who you're dealing with, and identify how they're doing the things that they're doing so you'll feel a little bit less shame or guilt for staying and, and, and how everything works and how you're manipulated. And I, and I just really hope that you enjoyed this episode and found it useful. If you have episode ideas that you want us to do, please do send them in. I'll try and get those experts on uh, for the specific topics that you uh, want to know more about. And it also, if you want to be a guest on our show, our Survivor Story show, please do go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says Guest Form. When you click on that button, it takes you to our Guest Form page. And there's all these instructions there. So please then email us at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com or fill out our Guest Form and press the Submit button. And also at our website, we have our very own support group. It's our very own safe social network. So if you click at the top of the page, support group, it'll take you to that network. There we have Zoom meetings every Wednesday night, every Thursday afternoons, and every Saturday night as well. We have forum boards for you to post and for fellow survivors to uh, validate your experience and help you and guide you uh, along the way. We have episodes that never made it to air. We have uh, episodes that are ad-free on there as well. And also, if you need even more support, please do go visit our friends at domesticshelters.org. So if you or someone you know are experiencing abuse, please do go to domesticshelters.org because they have articles and resources that can help you make sense of what you are going through, what you're dealing with. They have every email, website address, and phone number of every shelter and every domestic violence agency, no matter how big or small your town is, it is all there at domesticshelters.org. It is a wonderful organization with wonderful people. And that is it for today's show. So thank you for listening, and I hope you have a good night. <laughs>